0: Looking to get cold side of bon. Fon. away from David. 3-1 running,
1: Three points running. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Elm Park Royals post-match podcast brought to you, of course, by Blue Collar Street Food. Yesterday, Leighton Orient at home 1-1. I think, to be honest, before the game, I would have taken a 1-1. We discussed it on the preview. Leighton Orient, a team in very, very good form. Um, so, yeah, I think a point is a very good result from that. We're going to dive into the game, and to do so, I'm joined by two stalwarts of the EPR podcast. We've got Alex Everson.
2: Don't think I've ever been described as a stalwart before. I'll take that.
1: <laughs> well, and then we have got the man himself. We've got Paul Man. How are you doing?
0: Uh, can I be a custodian, please? Custodian.
1: I think I think custodian is is a good one for 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 you, Paul. Yes, we can have Sto- Alex as a stalwart and Paul as the custodian.
0: Can we also shout out the quality food that we had at Blue Collar before oh, the match as well?
1: Sponsors of the podcast. And I tell you what, the, the pig stuff stand, they're my favorite at the moment. Absolutely glorious. Get yourself down there and try out their um I think I think it's called their their, their McRib. I think. I think it's McRib or oh, no, that's that's McDonald's from years ago. It's it's something <sighs> with 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 barbecue rib
0: and I had tikka masala fries. They were wicked. I had the same tikka masala fries as well and they were top tier. Mm. Yeah. and
1: my bro- my brother had 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 one something from from the burger stand all very good. You can never go wrong with a bit of blue collar so love that before the game. Let's have a dive into the team news unchanged Alex Savage stays in unchanged from the the 1-0 win against Derby in the week surprised happy no not
2: really that surprised um i think it, you know if you beat derby 1-0 don't really give them any chances there's not really any need to change it to be honest um maybe some people will, will expect craig to come back in but i think the only reason to bring craig back in is going to be off the back of a you know off the back of the game when we haven't had a win or you've got a week in between games when there's a bit more chance to actually establish what you want to do in the next game on the training ground so I think maybe Craig will start next week, but it didn't surprise me. He didn't start yesterday.
1: Mm. And Paul, any any changes you were looking to be to be made ahead of ahead of the game? No,
0: no, not really. No, I don't think there's any need. Is it? We've got a consistency now. At the start of the season, we were looking. You know, where do we have um, any positions? We weren't sure. Now we're probably going to games knowing nine, ten starters. Which is ideal, isn't it? And if you look at our form over the last 14 matches, it's pretty good. It's pretty decent. You know, I, I know we've obviously had all the spells before. So, no, I think we should stick with the team and the lineup, unless there's injury suspensions that we've got now, basically just rotate maybe Savage and Craig.
1: One thing that did come in yesterday, um, it was the grassroots game or one of the one of the grassroots games for, for, for Reading FC, which brought brought an attendance um, of 15,942 back to the Medeski. It was really nice actually just being at the ground, walking to it, feeling busy again, because each week it's, you know, 11,000 really, I think you could say at the moment. But the one thing that was really nice yesterday was was the attendance um, and brought a nice feel to the game as well. Um, I think on on that side,
0: it was really nice to see it a little bit more busy. But obviously, there's still another eight thousand seats. Uh, Alex, your prediction on attendance was scarily close to actually reality. I think. Do you have like some inside there of actually the how that came? No, I, I
2: I'd actually already read it.
1: That
0: was all. Yeah, yeah, I thought was... so. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Hope, hopefully, hopefully, we can return to days like that where that's normality. But it's just not where we are at the moment. Um, the game started, and it was actually a very entertaining first half. I think it was very kind of end to end. I, think we, we 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 limited Leighton Orient to to, to few chances, but the sixteenth minute came about. All the die young out chance and everything rang out, and of course the penalty then came straight after that. And Alex... can only blame the protests. I know. It, 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 it's, it's all linked, isn't it? It's some sort of below-the-book sort of plan, I'm sure. Um, but in the 17th minute, Leighton Orient got a penalty from a Tom Holmes handball. He knew it was handball straight away, didn't he? I mean, it was
2: an obvious handball, wasn't it? I mean, Tom Holmes jumps up with his hands in the air every time. It's it was going to happen eventually. He, I it's
1: think like he's, it's it's like he's at a Saturday night rave and he's just go, going at it with it. Yeah, he, he does. He's he does seem
2: to jump up with his arms in the air quite a lot. So it doesn't surprise me that he's given away a penalty. It's it's almost a surprise. That it's taken this long for it to happen. In all honesty, uh, the yeah, as you say, the the reaction from him, he knows it's a penalty straight away, and nobody in the Nobody in the Reading team protested it at all. And you, you watch the replay and it's just clear as day that he's just bounced straight off his arm and uh, the referee's going to give it every day of the week.
1: Yeah. And Ajayi steps up, takes about 10 stutters. And I think David Button is almost on the penalty spot by the time the penalty's taken. But Paul, calm penalty. Um you might, I guess some people might see them get ruled out, I guess, with the amount he stuttered, but calm penalty, and it, it was never really in any, um, any doubt, was it?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I said on the preview that David Burton was going to save a penalty, and there was a part of me thinking this would be the actual amazing moment if this actually happened. Thought of it actually really happening, um, thought was very, very minimal. I just couldn't imagine David Burton... Uh, I mean, I imagine David Button saving a penalty. It's um, uh, it seems very, very unlikely. But um,
2: I think on the penalty, David Button is kind of at a big disadvantage, given that Ajay definitely stops at least once during that run-up. I don't know how the, how he's allowed to do that. I'm sure you're not allowed to just stop during the run-up. You've got to actually continue. <laughs> moving
1: right i think i think it's down to the referee's discretion i think on that one um but as a keeper you know i would have liked to have thought they would have known that ajay would do that and he'd be a bit more restrained on his line seemingly during the game he can never leave his line and button couldn't be quicker to almost get off his line for that penalty um but but yeah what one one thing i i I looked it up yesterday because it seems like for Ever since a penalty's been given and it's not been scored against us. Last time, I think that was, I think it was the 2021 season where a penalty hasn't been scored. I think it's about 14 penalties in a row or so. Um that that has uh uh not been not been scored against us. There will come a time, there will come a time where a penalty is given and it's not scored, either by a save or by a miss, but um
0: it wasn't yesterday.
1: Um, and that made it
0: one-nil. Um I'm good, just yeah. really shocked that you brought that stat up there, Matt. Because uh, I would have never predicted that you were going to bring up that one about us not saving a penalty for about two thousand years. <laughs> it was just so predictable.
1: It feels like two thousand years, honestly. Like I, 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 yeah, whenever whenever a penalty is given, I, I'm not anticipating anything else but the net bulging at the moment. Um, but um, but yeah, the good the, the good part of 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 this though was we responded very well. To, to going behind again, which is something we've done a few times this season. And very soon after, obviously, we had a big, big chance, pull with, with a brilliant run from Andy Eardom down the right and a really good cross. And, I mean, we're going to talk about the good about Harvey Nibs in a minute. But this definitely was not a good part of Harvey Nibs.
0: No, it wasn't. I mean, I, I think Smith gets a tiny touch on it, but I think Nibs just has, he has to the score there. I mean, it is a tapping, isn't it? I mean, tapping, if that is a player <laughs> And they've missed from there. You're thinking, what the fuck has gone on there? I mean, Harvey Nibs has been massively improved since his change position. So it's nothing against him. These things happen. He does but miss a lot of sitters, though. He like, does. He does. Can... He does also score some as well. He scores a lot so, of goals as well, but he also there.
2: misses a lot of sitters. I mean, he 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 probably has the amount. Uh, he probably has enough
0: chances to get himself 15 goals a season. Hmm. The one in challenge still haunts me away, but oh, that doesn't matter. doesn't matter. Yesterday we were talking about, and yeah, it's frustrating, but good thing about Harvey is, though, that he would miss a sitter or miss a good chance, and he would come back and score. So it doesn't seem to bother his mentality, which is a key factor. Some strikers, you know, could get down on themselves and they think it's just not going to happen, drop off their intensity. One thing you can never doubt on him is his effort for the team. It, it's full on and complete every single match.
1: Yeah. And it's quite unique, I think, to have a midfielder like Nibs that gets into so many good goal scoring opportunities. Because like you say, Alex, he gets he gets in these these positions. And I mean, he, was it, he's on seven, I think, for the season now. Um, I don't think 15 would have been an unrealistic kind of guesstimate if if he's actually put away some of those simpler chances. Yeah. Um, But obviously in a very good position for for when we actually do equalise. A couple of minutes after that, um, a corner swung in. It's a very, it might not be noticed at the time, but a very nice touch on from Sam Smith as well, who gets the assist for it. Um, And a very calm first time finish. That's the Harvey Nibs and the finishing we want to see more.
2: Yeah, I think it's a great touch by Smith. Yeah, he didn't really notice it at the time. I thought it just kind of like went straight through from Savage's corner direct to nibs but actually watching the replay back it's quite clear that savage has played it to smith and smith has touched it with his right uh with his right foot kind of round the corner to nibs and i don't know if he's purposely aiming for nibs there or or if he's just going to put it in a more dangerous area but certainly the um the idea was really you know really smart and yeah smith had a I don't want to say a bad game because I don't think he had a bad game, but he, he has a he has a struggle of a game. Um in the sense of he doesn't have a lot going for him at the minute in terms of service. Wing is clearly not playing that well. Um and it, I think that affects you know what he is able to do really. But the assist from him for the goal was really good and you know, nib's first time finish, decent finish considering he just missed that chance two minutes before and it was good to get straight back into the you know, straight back with an equaliser so quickly after they got the opener because it felt like up until that point where we got the goal that we were completely on top. I, I really don't think Leighton Orient had a chance, you know, um, before that. Uh, obviously, I know they scored the penalty, but they, they didn't really, they weren't creating anything before, you know, before we scored. And the first 25 minutes or so, it felt like it was very kind of all Reading, as it were, and almost an inevitability up until the goals um, that we would score first and then you know, we got the equaliser and it it felt like the game kind of swung on that moment a bit.
0: That's the frustrating thing about yesterday, I thought, was all the chances that we gave away were absolutely calamitous from us. Penalty, other stuff that we'll come to later on. You think, Leighton looked pretty good. They did. I, I think they deserved the draw in the end and you can see why they've had a good running win and they haven't conceded many goals, but just frustrating, isn't it, sometimes when you see that? I mean, also up front, I missed some a couple of good chances or opportunities to get the cross in and didn't quite make it. I feel it's still there, though. There's promising signs, but it's just a little bit kind of, OK, we're still in the relegation zone. And how many times can you keep on playing well? And you start to fear, will there be a drop at some time, you know, because it, it could happen again, couldn't it? You, you just don't know. You hope not. But it's a little bit of a worry in the back of my mind. I think,
1: though, the team—the team's playing been playing well enough for an extended period of time now. I mean, we've talked about it in previous podcasts, but you know, um, Alex, you mentioned it in the um, when we were chatting before. I mean, since that Portsmouth game, I think it's been 14, 14 games. I think you said, and you know, we're going to be or we'd be sitting seventh in the table at that point. You know, you're getting up to the point of talking about, you know you know, coming up to half a season of, of 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 games when you're playing 14, 15 and having a good spell along that that period. Um, when do you think the confidence will come back from from fans? Because I think a lot of fans, as Paul say, worry about that, that side of things at the moment. And obviously, given that we're still in the relegation zone, it feels odd that we're also talking about that, I think. I I mean,
2: it's going to be different for different people. For me, I feel like it's, kind of coming back slowly especially at home because at home i feel like we've become very very difficult to beat all of a sudden i think the only games I mean, what have we lost four games at home now this season at home and the last you know we've only lost two at home since that portsmouth game one was the in fact no only one since the portsmouth game and it was the the barnsley one um i, I think yeah at home as fans we've got a right to be confident we're a good home side um you know we've only lost four games out of what 15 or 16 now at home this season I think it is um and even when you look at the games you know when you look back at them I don't think any of the games that we've lost at home we've been necessarily outplayed except for maybe the Barnsley game and that's it um so certainly at home I think we've got a right to feel confident when when we're going to games now that we're not going to keel over we're not going to collapse um you know, and away from home, we look competitive, but we do need to find a way to, you know, pick up points and and actually get results. Uh, the next six weeks or so, we've got some really big away games coming up, um, you know, and a chance to actually pick up some points. And we don't need to be excellent away from home. We just need to probably get, I don't know, another two, maybe, maybe three wins away from home. And I feel like that's going to, you know, be such a such a boost to our chances of staying up if we can just get two or three points, uh, two or three wins, sorry, now away from home and games against Fleetwood and Carlisle away from home are just, just seem absolutely huge really.
0: I just remember when he said we haven't been out playing at home and sorry to give everyone horrible flashbacks if you actually there, that Fleetwood match yeah the Fleetwood mm-hmm. game was, was sorry awful, sorry it? to do that to everyone on the weekend I, I don't want to do that but that was horrific that which and when you look at that you just think oh my god how did we manage that but that's what <laughs> that, one,
2: it's it's one-off game in 15 at home like, yeah
0: yeah no I agree at home, home. Game. well yeah not foam yeah. not in the bath but um it would be amazing um I think a home form has been really, really solid this season, considering what we've been through. But um, it just worries me. It just worries me slightly that we're like one injury away. Or one, you know, we're coming into a transfer window area now, aren't we? And if we were to lose Smith, say, <laughs> no Reading fan going to be in any way as optimistic. I mean, you we could all discuss how, you know, how much input he's having in games at the moment. But it's just such a fragile thing. I just feel very much, I'm not quite sure how it's going to go. I hope we stay up. I think we can. But um, I think anyone who's coming into this thinking, oh, yeah, we're going to do it comfortably. I, I just, I can't be in that boat at the moment. What about you, Matt?
1: I think I'm in the same boat as Alex at the moment. I think my confidence is starting to come back watching this Reading team. I mean, you know, looking at the home table after 15 games, we're seventh, you know, seven wins, four draws, four losses, 23 scored. 16 conceded it's it's a re- it's a pretty solid home form that you know and I think even when we look back at previous weeks previous months I think there's a lot more to be to be confident about going forwards um even with away games
2: I think we look competitive right it's yeah, not like we're not getting outplayed in these games anymore um you know at the start of the season we were going to we were going to games and we we're just collapsing as soon as we conceded whereas you know we, we went to Well, Cheltenham, and we came back, yeah, we didn't play very well. Lincoln, we came back from 1-0 down and Peterborough, we came from behind as well. And it feels like, we, you know, we're going to games and we might concede first even in away games, but we've got a chance to pick up points still. We're we're certainly like a, a side which has improved a lot since, I don't know, September, October time.
1: I mean, Paul, for you, what would you need to see from this Reading team to kind of get that confidence back?
0: I have got some. I, I'm not like saying I don't have confidence. I'm not like you know doomed and thing feeling that oh we're definitely going down at all. But I just like to feel a little bit confident that it isn't so fragile. And I don't think that's going to change because the squad there's no depth, and you feel like form could change or something like that. It, it we're very 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 much on the edge. If one player like Aziz was suddenly to lose some form or get an injury. I mean, obviously, I hope none of this happens. It has a really big impact on our team. and We don't really have obvious replacements for some of those players like Wing. Maybe he hasn't played fantastic in the last few weeks, but who's going to come in for him? Who's going to have any impact, really? I'm not sure. Hopefully, I'm wrong. But if I was to give odds right now on us staying up, I would probably go 60-40 on us staying up. What do you think, Alex? Where would you go with it?
2: Um,
0: yeah, maybe I'm a
2: little bit more confident than that. Probably like 75% staying up at the minute. I, I feel like there's enough in the team, um, that will pick up maybe another 25 points before the end of the season in the remaining what have we got 18 games or so. Um, and that will get us to 52, 53 points, somewhere around that kind of mark. If we get to that level, I think it's going to be very difficult to see us getting relegated because there's just so many teams who are, I don't want to say they're bad, but there's just so many teams who are very, very similar in quality. And it only takes, at the minute, I mean, it only takes one of them to slip up and to fall away and for us to finish above them. I mean, Wickham have won one game in 17 now. Um, It's Charlton are on a dreadful run I don't think Charlton have won one game I think since they played us in October it's like there's enough teams above us that I feel like one of them is going to slip up um and as long as we kind of maintain this level of competitiveness even if the form slips away slightly that I think will stay up what,
1: what John sorry go
0: I was going to say it was one thing that has changed even from a month ago because I remember being in uh Club 1871 and they tried to start a Ruben Sellers chant, And it was very much, nah, nah, nah. It wasn't quite <laughs> enthusiasm, here.
1: was it? <laughs>
0: no, there wasn't. Which is fair enough. You know, it's what people's opinions are. Yesterday, it was definitely picking up. You could feel it around that area. I mean, you obviously there, Matt. What did you think?
1: Yeah, I think it has for a few weeks. You know, I think, I think the sentiment around Ruben Sellers has massively changed. You know, massively changed the last few weeks. Um, just the way he handles himself. Um, in the media, the fact that he's still here and, you know, trying to get, get through. Um, I think, you know, I think a lot of fans have that kind of almost um, mutual kind of respect and kind of admiration for for Selle's. And the performances have turned around. You know, I think, you know, we, we've we come out of a really tough week this week against, you know, Derby, who could have gone top on Tuesday, and Leighton Orient, who, who were four wins in five, clean sheets in their last five as well, their longest clean sheet run, I think, since the 70s. And we've been very, very competitive against them, you know. So I think I think Sellers, you know, he deserves a lot of that support and deserves a lot of that credit. And you know, um, I think really Port Vale was the first time we really heard it. Um, was was really the first time we we heard. It. Actually, you can, you can tell when when we've recorded the podcast. Paul has just gone ecstatic because England have won the cricket. We finally won in, in in India. Massive tangent there. We'll get back on Reading FC now, um, but. But yeah, you know, I think Port Vale w- w- was was the big was the big turning point, I think, um, for for um for Ruben Sellers and fan sentiment. Um but it, but, but it's nice because it, it breeds a much happier um atmosphere around the stadium. Um so so yeah, I'm really glad on that, on that part.
0: I would agree on that, on the late stadium. It feels far more kind of um now we've actually got some wins and we've been on this much better run of form. Obviously there's desperation to get out of that. Bottom three, bottom four, sorry. I wish it was three. That would be lovely. But um it would be you could feel it's kinda of like there's a little bit more ease with the crowd. It's like yesterday, obviously we really want to win, but it was a draw. And I think people thinking it's not that bad. It's not ideal. But they kind of accept it, Alex, and they think, actually, this is where we are, and the team be giving everything and you know, you move it without that win against Derby, you get a different mood set, don't you? With the draw to yesterday,
2: yeah. The momentum is a big thing, isn't it? Um, if we're picking up points on a consistent basis at home, people are backing the team and people think that we're going to do well. Like, it's uh, it's one of the kind of big things, obviously, with fan sentiment when you're at the bottom. Is if you're picking up points on a consistent basis, people will back you, and if you're losing games, even if it's against teams who you probably expect to lose against teams like Derby, people won't back you. And because we've beaten Derby, yesterday doesn't look like a bad result because we've picked up a win in the week. Uh if you've lost three nil in the week and then you pick up a one one draw against Leighton Orient, yesterday looks you know a lot worse because it becomes a much more important game that you could actually get points from. So it's all momentum and, and picking up points on a on a consistent basis and that's what's gonna drive you know, fan confidence, I think, and, um, you know, as long as we can continue to pick up the, the points at home on a regular basis, I can't see fans turning back against Selle's at this point, particularly, um, because it's just, he's kind of turned the corner, it feels like. I mean, maybe it will drop again, but I, I think it would take something quite traumatic to happen for, for that to be the case.
1: I think the next step, really, I think, is cobbling together a few wins. Um, I mean, the last time we won back-to-back games was end of November, Wickham and Carlisle. Those two games. Um, You know, we're we're not losing many games anymore. We're drawing a lot more, which was obviously a big problem at the start at the start of the season. We were losing these very close games, which you just wish we'd grind out to draws. We're doing that now. Hopefully, we can we we can start putting together some back-to-back wins. um, I think, um, and that that should then help propel the team forwards because we saw it last year, you know, with Huddersfield put together two three wins in a row, you massively jump up the table, and especially when the bottom of League One is really quite close. We've got a clump of what, f- six teams, I think, all within about five points of us. You know, that there, there, there's, there's, there's a lot that we can, we, we can, um, look to reel back in, um, in that. There was a second half, um, th- there was a second half yesterday. Um, not a massive amount happened though, um, in it, you know, um, some of the biggest points really, um, it's, it's, it's a shame that I have to bring this up because I do really like Mbenge. I think he's a really fun guy to have around the team, um, but he is susceptible to a massive clangour, Alex. He nearly cost Reading three points yesterday. Uh, yeah, it was a pretty
2: awful back pass, wasn't it, to Bindon? I don't know why he's done it because Bindon is definitely under pressure straight away and I don't think he's really expecting Mbengay to play it back to him and... It, it's a bad pass as well which doesn't help matters so in big it's got you know basically just given Bindon no chance and then obviously Bindon doesn't win the ball thankfully but it makes a pretty good save um and kind of you know saves saves in Bengue a bit there because uh otherwise that's really going to go down as one against him um I think he does make up for it later in the second half because he intercepts you know a later orient late in our own pass and, and sets up a really good counter-attack for us on the right-hand side. Um, and, it, it, I mean, on the subject of Mbengway coming on, obviously, as one of the subs, I think the subs worked pretty well yesterday. I think Craig looked really good when he came on, and and Mbengwe, you know, barring that one back pass, was was pretty solid as well. Um, and I thought the, uh, you know, although it was forced, McIntyre's substitution, the one thing that we really lacked in the second half was any sort of composure once we got the ball at the back. And, you know, watching watching us pick up the ball from in our own final third, it, it just felt so clear that there was no idea as to what we were going to do to move the ball forwards in that second half. We didn't we we just didn't really know what we were we were planning. So so often the ball was just kind of like directly put over the top to Smith or, or Aziz to run onto. Um, up until Tom McIntyre came on and it felt like once he came on, despite it being forced for, for Holmes's injury, which I'm assuming isn't too serious, but um, once he came on, it, he definitely offered us a little something different in defence because he's quite happy to kind of drag the ball forward himself and find the passing lane, as it were, and not, not rely on or just hitting it long, um, which is something you, I think that's one of the major differences, obviously, between McIntyre and Holmes is that, Mahintar is a bit more comfortable to pull the ball out of um, defence himself and actually work it forwards as opposed to hitting it long at another player.
0: If you do look at that late chance for Leighton Orange yesterday, from that Mbenge terrible back pass, the run to Mbindon, if he passes it to his teammate there, he's almost, I mean, he's not... It's not a tap-in, but he's going to have an even better chance. I can see why he shot there, but if Holmes is going to commit to tackle there, so he's going to be completely taken out of the game. So it's not a great angle to shoot out there as well for JV, is it? I mean, I don't feel Button makes a save, but you would expect him to save that, wouldn't you? And I'm not going to ask Matt because I know he's going to say going to lose his mind on that. But I think um, maybe we've got away with that. Again, but you take that, don't you? I mean, you need a little bit of luck. And sometimes we've had been unlucky with situations like that Mm -hmm. later on. And now we're not suffering. But as much as late in Orient, I heard their manager, Richie Wellen, saying that, you know, they had chances later on. They had, um, sorry, dominated the second half and all that. Maybe kind of, but how many actual shots did they have? I mean, hardly any, did they, Matt?
1: That's that's the exact point I was going to just make. You know, I think for um, for for all, I guess maybe the the control that you know, I, I guess you know, Wellens think they might have had. There was nothing really to show for it. That that chance from from, from Ajayi was really kind of it. Um, you know, and and Button does well to save it. You know, it's 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 it's, it's, it's a good save. Um, he's a good you know, striker, isn't
2: he? By the way, Ajayi. he's really like, good. He's very I, good. One thing we haven't actually touched on yet, Leighton Orient are probably one of the better teams that we've watched in the last couple of months. I, yeah, think, I, was, yeah. I was pretty impressed with Leighton Orient. Like, you know, I don't think, if you asked a, a non League One fan, you know, their opinions on whatever, Leighton Orient versus Derby or Wigan or something, I think most people would have seen that Leighton Orient would this very kind of stodgy, terribly boring team to watch. And actually they were really quite good. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure that they're going to finish, you know, top six or anything. But they they were entertaining and they were very competitive and they've got some decent players. I think their left winger caused on no end of problems. The number eleven, um, and yeah, Ajay sure. was, you know, you could see that Ajay completely dominated Bindon for for a lot of the game. Although he only had a couple of chances and he scored a penalty. Like physically, he was he was like no match for Bindon. Um, it, yeah, they 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 surprised me actually how kind of Good, they were almost. I know they were on a good run of form, but it was it was surprising how, you know, just just how good they were compared to some of the other
0: League One teams we've played in in recent months. And it's nice. Seen some bad teams, haven't we? All of us. We've seen some mm-hmm. bad teams on the Wellings thing. I thought that they dominated the first fifteen minutes of the second half, but then when Sellers made the subs, kind of subdued them. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So shout yeah, out to Sellers there. Gets a lot of abuse with substitutions, but I thought they worked absolutely fine yesterday as Alex said earlier. Yeah.
1: Yeah. you know, I think I think we all know that 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 the fullback change is going to happen each game because you know Yeardham I don't think can do ninety minutes playing that style of football with how high they want to go. And I think very few fullbacks, unless you know you're a Premier League athlete, are probably going to be able to do ninety minutes um that maybe the exception maybe someone like Chris Gunter who had who had a crazy engine. Obviously didn't have that much quality with it, but you know he could keep running and running and running. Um but but yeah, you know, I, I I don't think it it massively detriments the team anymore. I think everyone knows it's gonna happen. Um, and I think I kind of fine with it happening because there's a lot of demand on those fullbacks. Um, but then you know, I think Vickers he he came on was, was quite solid um on that side of things. Um but but yeah, you know, there was probably one other semi-chance for reading it was right down near the end um of of the game and alex we're still waiting for this kind of last minute piece of elation we've had so much last minute heartache this year and again one thing we were talking about after the game is like when are we gonna have this like last minute brilliance and winner or whatever nearly came yesterday from from aziz down the right yeah the the
2: kind of that interception from a main way and then setting Aziz off. It was one of the first times that you think, yeah, we've made the right decision in the last minute and we're going to get a chance here. And Aziz made, it's a really good run by Aziz and he cuts in, puts the ball across low. Um, and I think it was Smith who almost got on the end of it. Um And it gets cut, cut out just before Smith gets to it. And it's, I mean, it's good defending for the defender to get there first, but I think if Smith gets there, it's probably a goal. And didn't, but yeah, just it, it's been a drag, hasn't it, not scoring in the last minute, um, particularly when teams obviously do it against you so often. Um, so, it's yeah, it would be nice to see us do it at some point this season. I can't, I wouldn't be able to tell you when we did it last season, but, yeah, it must have been.
1: Rotherham, Still, Rotherham at home, I think, was the last time. And
2: that yeah, fell there. last February then, so it's been nearly a full year. Um, yeah. It would be nice to get a winner late on, like in the last minute at some point, just,
0: you know, most teams do it at some point, don't they? So it would be good to get one. I remember when we got a corner in the 92nd minute and I'm stood next to Alex and I said, just don't hit the first man. We're all, we're all saying altogether, don't hit the first man. This was tragic. <laughs> don't this hit it. so totally long for this me. corner
2: as well, because I think that weren't, weren't, was I think there was a sub or something happening. It took ages for the corner to come across. Mm. And yeah, we've both said this is. I mean, if this hits the first man, I'm I'm going <laughs> to have a whine about it because I you've got so long to
0: consider what you're going to do. Oh uh, yeah, that um, moment when we do get a last minute winner, but is it going to be next week? I mean, if we could wait for a sweeter moment to get a last minute winner, would it? Would, could we top Oxford away?
1: Well, it's same with Sam Smith breaking breaking this little mini gold drought. Eh? I think everyone is uh wanting that 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 sam smith blow the kisses to the oxford fans shush them and boot them out back to wherever whatever hole they came from um yeah no it's like uh, yeah when when, when that comes about i'm sure it's going to be majestic um but you know next week at at oxford that that would be that would be quite something um one person i want to just touch on quickly because um obviously i think his involvement has Maybe jumped up. Obviously, the last few weeks, last couple of months, um, is is Oliver Pierce or Jop? I think they, they 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 call him inside Reading. Um, someone who talks very very well, and whenever he comes out and does do, does media, obviously he had to do it because Sellers I think almost instantaneously lost his voice yesterday. Um, too much either shouting at the officials who were dreadful yesterday or or, or the players. I'm not overly sure, but Oliver Pierce he seems like a really exciting like young coach and potential, you know, manager going forwards, I think. Because whenever he talks, he always just seems so assured. My impression
2: of Oliver Pitt, or Job, as he seems to be being known as now. my impression of him is that he will not be here very long. That is my major impression of him every time he speaks. Um, either he's going to get snapped up by a bigger team to go and be an assistant elsewhere, or he's going to get a manager's job in League Two, League One, in the next... 12 to 18 months wouldn't surprise me in the slightest
1: which would be a massive shame because yeah no like like i i do agree i do agree i do kind of feel like he's he's someone who's probably getting lined up for a manager job at some point in the next few few years or could could well make that jump of course it depends what he wants to do but i'm sure kind of anyone who's at first team coach level i think will want to make that that jump at some point um excuse me
0: I'm sorry, but I've got to say, any man, you know, any man or woman, how could they leave Reading? I mean, they're going to want to be around the Oracle. They're going to be around the Gorge Calf. They want to be around the Purple Turtle. These are all con- iconic places. The Munch, Munchies been... on a Saturday morning, Sunday morning exactly. after the game. You've got a professional I... athlete. You
2: can't
1: go on a Saturday morning, but... <laughs> It's not a place you want to go away from, is it? You know, why no, would you, you
0: know? no no <laughs> who needs Barcelona, Madrid and all these other places? Bring it home. he needs Olympiakos? Oh no, don't drop that bomb in there. Or right oh, too at the soon. End. Too <laughs> soon, Paul.
1: I think I think that's a good point to end it because you've 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 just brought back some 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 sad memories there, Paul.
0: Sorry, sorry, everyone. <laughs> I do apologize. If you're listening in the car, please pull over and um have a quick cry. You know, it, it will get better one day, but not saying. No, well, we, we,
1: we can we can hope. As we kind of said on, 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 on the preview with the Orient fan, they're a club that have been there, done it. They've they've got the scars, they can show you can come back from it. So um so yeah. Of course, we do next go to Oxford next week, next Saturday, 12 30 kickoff. We will of course be back with a preview um in the week previewing that game um and uh seeing can we can we get a win? Paul, do you think we can get a win against Oxford?
0: Uh yeah. why do i i'm never gonna not predict us winning against oxford yeah 100 percent. and i genuinely think we can if you look at oxford's form um yeah the league table says they're way above us but actually over the last you know two months or so we've been very good home form is good away form not the best but it could pick up and also Sam smith just loves playing against these kind of teams isn't he Mm -hmm it does he's made for those kind of matches and aziz and i i just feel it i feel it in my bones i was very very nervous before the home match but genuinely feel that it could happen what do you feel mr everson are you feeling as optimistic as me uh yeah i think so i think
2: oxford's form has dipped a little bit it's it's maybe not as bad as we're all kind of thinking it is in our heads but it's certainly not as good as it was. Um, you know, they're outside the top six now. I think when when we played them, weren't they like third or fourth? And now they're yeah. outside the top six. Um, you know, I think in the last 10 games, we've got better form than them. Last five games, we've got better form. So it's, and it feels like since they lost their, uh, their manager, whenever that, I can't remember, what, the, what was that, November, late November, it feels like they've kind of regressed a bit. Um, more towards like mid table form, so I think it'll be a close game next week. Um,
0: and kind of any result is possible. Quick disclaimer for everyone on this podcast all our you know predictions could change very, very quickly. Transfer deadline day is coming up this week, so yes, mm. yeah.
1: Yes, let's let's hope there are no outgoings um for Reading this week. I think, you know, I think if, if we can get to the Oxford game having only lost um, you know, Nelson Abbey pretty much, because obviously Holmes back on loan, I think that'll be a very good um uh, a very good uh, outcome to the transfer window. So um so yeah. We will of course dive into all the all the comings and goings um of transfer deadline day when we preview the oxford game um we're going to end this episode of the empire rules podcast there um i think thank you very much everyone for listening um of course if you have enjoyed it be sure to give us a five star rating on your podcast of choice on spotify apple wherever you get your podcast from be sure to uh, give us a review on there helps us obviously in podcast rankings and everything helping new listeners find us and all that jazz follow all of our socials for the latest goings on and yeah stay positive and come on you ours, we'll catch you on the next one.